You're listening to From the Beginning. I'm Griffin Caprio. And I'm Jen Dudley. This is our podcast talking to other podcasters about how they got started and why they talk about what they do. In this episode, we're speaking with Chuck Feerick, former host of the Innovation Rising podcast presented by HealthBox. This was my first solo interview. Jen, when you had a chance to listen to it, was there anything that stood out to you? I would say it was a different experience being on the listening end and not participating, but it sounded like you guys had a great conversation. Something I appreciated was Chuck talking about how he had really crafted his own career path and also the fact that he was able to combine his passion for podcasting and make that a part of his day job. How about you, Griffin? Yeah, I really liked hearing how Chuck crafted a pretty unique podcast format uh, for the podcast itself. It was super interesting to hear his creativity and how he approached that. It was a great conversation, and we're happy to share it with you. So here's Chuck's story from the beginning. We're here with Chuck Feerick, former host of the Innovation Rising podcast presented by HealthBox. Welcome to the podcast, Chuck. Griffin, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So Chuck, something that we like to start off um, on the show with is giving us a little bit of a background about you and how you ended up as a podcaster. And feel free to start you know, from the beginning and, and um, wherever you think is appropriate. Definitely. I, I remember discovering podcasts for the first time in probably 2011. Um, and I, I didn't really know what they were at the time. I just found a couple things that I liked listening to online. I remember um, The Nerdist was a podcast that I really enjoyed. And then um, The Sporkful uh, was another one that I really liked. And I just remember like playing those in my kitchen and being like, this is so cool that these guys can either just like take the time to tell us about something interesting that is maybe only interesting to like 0.1% of people in the world, but to those certain people that it is interesting to, like I'm fascinated by it. Um, or getting the opportunity to speak with people who are in a different industry or actors or musicians. And like, there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was just a way to connect people, have genuine conversations um, and and learn something and and be entertainment. And it was just something that I really enjoyed. And, you know, I now probably subscribe to over a hundred podcasts at this point, you know, listening to them at double speed when I'm either riding my bike, walking somewhere, driving, cooking dinner. Um, I just kind of always have one on, whether it's I'm learning something or I'm just being entertained. Um, you know, there's a, there's a different podcast for each one of those. And in my mind, I knew at some point, like, I would love to do that. And I just didn't know what the medium was for me to be able to do it. You know, I didn't, I didn't know a bunch of celebrities to go start one, like, interviewing actors. And I didn't have the production value to go create something that was like super niche, you know, something like NPR style quality. Um, but I had like random ideas. Like I wanted to interview my friends who started businesses um, and call it cool things my friends do, which is something that I, I still might do someday. Uh, but just finding the time to do it. Um, but it, it was just something that I wanted to do. And then when I moved to Chicago about four years ago, I started doing improv. And that gave me more of a platform to start doing performing and getting on stage and getting more comfortable with that um, and finding sort of my voice behind that. And kind of bringing those together, I I started a new role about three years ago at my former company, HealthBox. And we were going through a transition period then when we had previously been a healthcare startup accelerator and venture capital firm. And we're moving towards a innovation consulting firm. And so one of the things that I wanted to do in that transition was think about how we could create more thought leadership and really get our name out there 
is a brand that was pushing healthcare innovation. And when people think health box, instead of thinking, oh, that's the one of the original healthcare accelerators, they would instead think just in general healthcare innovation. And so the podcast is something that I launched for our company as a way to bring people onto the program to talk about what they were doing in the innovation space, um, spread the message of what we were doing, and then highlight some of the amazing companies and innovators that were working with us in our space. And so that's how I got started. And, you know, it's, that's what really got me addicted. Oh, that's really cool. So you uh, kind of approached your company about uh, starting a podcast with the, the value prop of, of kind of getting their name out there and getting a little bit of information. Did you get any pushback or what was, what was the kind of uh, the discussion that you had internally uh, before you were allowed to, to do that under the guise of the company? I'd been pushing it for a while. And I think what helped was two things really. One being the fact that this won't take away from the job that I'm currently doing. I enjoy doing this, so I'm happy to you know do the prep work on weekends or evening or nights. You know, do the editing in my downtime uh, because it's fun for me. Uh, so it wouldn't take away from any of the work that I was doing otherwise. Um, this, I guess, three parts. The second part was getting our name out there and into the into the world in a different medium than we traditionally did it, which would have been just like obviously like Google search or just like word of mouth advertising, um, another medium for us to get that out there. And then the third was having like measurable metrics that we could we could harken back to. So how many listens are we getting per episode? Like what's the reach that we're getting? Is the the quality and the the purse the type of people that we're getting on the program is it increasing over time? Are we getting people who are more and more interesting? And also, are there any ways that we can turn these relationships we're creating by having somebody on the program into possibly like a working relationship or a business engagement because of that? Oh, interesting. And why, uh, or I guess, how did you, how were you able to actually answer those questions or were you able to answer those questions? I mean, podcast metrics are hard, as I think a lot of podcasters will tell you. It's it's a little bit opaque in terms of how many subscribers you actually have and the number of downloads. Um, But just the general feedback that we get when we go out to events. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, you guys are the health box guys. We listen to the podcast with, you know, Neem Gandhi of of Mount Sinai Adventures. And and so cool what they're doing there. I really appreciate you guys sharing that message. Um, Or just the ways that we could promote it when we were at different events. Another way for us to create engagements when we are at big conferences and be like, you know, be able to speak with some of the most innovative people in the room and get them together in one space and say, Hey, we'd like to chat about this certain topic with you. Can I grab 30 minutes of all of your time? Let's sit together after the conference and record a podcast. And people like sharing their message. People like being able to talk about the incredibly cool things that they're doing and giving them a platform for that helps us internally build the brand and continue to, to engage new relationships and create new friendships because of that. I think, uh, I think that's a pretty uh, great answer in terms of not only the analytics, but also the relationship aspect. I think podcasting um, by and large because of the audio medium creates that kind of intimacy of storytelling and, and story sharing. Um, so it's definitely something that, you know, we've heard echoed from a number of people that we've talked to. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Like I, I got a lot of people who normally probably would never have given me the time of day to spend an hour with me talking. And I, you know, and like you said, I now feel like I actually have like relationships with those people that I could go back to over time um, and get advice, form friendships, you know, work together, whatever the, whatever the answer may be. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I've wondered if, if you've seen this, um, people love to be interviewed 
And it's so much easier getting somebody to sit down for an hour interview than it is uh, to talk to somebody about a blog post or to, to help them write something. Right. Absolutely. And so your background, you know, looking in, and historically, even before kind of health box, um, it looks like your background kind of bounced around between investments, startups, sports medicine, training. How did you end up at, at health box? Yeah, so my career started working uh, in healthcare as in a leadership development program. Um, graduating when I did, there the job options weren't the best, um, but I got an excellent offer from a company named Amerigroup. I uh, joined their leadership development program. Was not looking to go into healthcare. Um, you know, had a personal training background and wanted to do sports marketing or work in you know the NFL or the NBA. Um, but I took this opportunity because it seemed like a great opportunity and I definitely had some passions that aligned with healthcare, something that's, that's important to me. Um, and then I just, that career just continued to grow. Um, I got a really good side, a feel for the health insurance side of the world. So after being there for about four years, decided that I wanted to go do something smaller and more entrepreneurial. And that's when I joined a very small consulting firm in Chicago called WKG Advisory. And we basically started with five people and grew that to a team of about 150 people, insuring over 40,000 members within the greater Chicagoland area. Um, so after we took that from zero to what we built it into, I had to make the choice of either staying on the consulting side of the business or going back and working on the insurance side of the business. And having done the insurance side before, um, I was much more interested in doing something that was focused on kind of taking what I'd done before and continuing to work with startups and being more of the investment space with that specific lens towards healthcare. And that's what took me to Healthbox, where I got a, the ability to kind of blend all those three, working with the company and with our, our healthcare accelerator studio program that they ran on an annual basis, getting to do a little bit of work on the venture capital fund that the company managed. And then my team was leading the innovation consulting arm of the business. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's, that sounds like a perfect role for, uh, for your, your kind of background and your passions. Yeah, it was. And then this past, uh, last June of 2017, I went back to school full time, um, and just finished my, my MBA from the Kellogg school of management. I've just moved here to Atlanta to take on a role, um, as innovation director with Anthem healthcare. Wow. Congratulations on both. Thank you. Thank you. And so what's, uh, what does the future look like from a podcast standpoint? Um, now that you're down uh, in Atlanta working with Anthem? That's, that's the fun part that I'm trying to figure out, Griffin. It, it's definitely going to come back. You know, I still have talking to you right now on my, my headset, my microphones, and kind of the, the home studio that I got going on here, and trying to figure out if that's going to be a podcast that I launch on my own, or if it's going to be something that I can maybe do under the Anthem innovation umbrella. Um, you know, there's a lot of regulatory pieces that I probably need to go through first because it's such a massive company. Um, but I'm trying to figure out if I want to stay focused on healthcare innovation. And it's something that I know a lot about and it's something that I love. But there's also an opportunity to maybe do something a little bit different and kind of go back to one of those earlier interests that I talked about uh, where it could just be interviewing friends or just interviewing people that are doing cool stuff or just producing content around specific topics. But if I had to guess, it's probably going to stay in that healthcare innovation space just because that's what fascinates me and, and just the, the networking and the, the partnerships that you form from doing that and the relationships that come from it is really unmatched in this audio format. So that's what I hope it to be, but we'll, we'll see here in another month or so. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. That'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of where you end up. Yeah. Well, we'll see.
And what kind of, uh, so when you were podcasting, it looks like, you know, when you did the Innovation Rising podcast for HealthBox, uh, you did it for around two years. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, almost. So probably like a, um, like a year and nine months. Yeah. And so what did you find was, was kind of like the most uh, the compelling as well as the most challenging aspect of, of producing content that much over that period of time? The, so so the, my approach to it was a little bit different than I think other podcasts do. I think you have kind of, uh, this is very broad, so I'm sure there's many more varieties in this, but like the two kind of main themes that jump to mind where you either have a podcast that's like purely just like an interview of like two people talking, um, or you have one that is more around a specific topic and it's like very well formatted and you know, the interviews are interspersed or maybe it's just somebody doing an educational podcast. And then I guess you have ones that are more like serial where they're a longer narrative type of podcast. And I wanted to find something a little bit different than that. I wanted to do the interview conversational format of it, but put a little bit of a different lens on it and have each three episodes have a tying theme to them. And so it could be new models in primary care. It could be um, healthcare innovation in the remote monitoring and wearable space. And for each one of those different topics, I would interview um, a founder or an entrepreneur who'd started a company in that space, a health system or health organization that was using that technology, either of the founder that I interviewed or just something similar to that, and then a venture capitalist or an investor who'd invested in that space. So you could get a feel from three different lenses of kind of what is the innovation, how does the innovation work, and why is this an interesting innovation to invest in and be thinking about, and what's the promise going forward? Um, and so that was kind of how I, I built the narrative around it. So to the question of like what was difficult about that was that finding you know, specific investors who had maybe invested in some of these more niche areas where there weren't a lot of companies and building out that three series, that three interview pipeline arc for each one of the different episodes. Um, but I also think that's what made the interviews more interesting was that you could, you can go back and look on that, that those episodes and they're evergreen. You know, if you want to know about a specific, specific thing, you can go back and listen to an, like a three-part episode on that. Or if you're you know, thinking about a job interview with a certain company, you can go back and learn about that space through that content. Um, so that was both what made it compelling and also what made it difficult. That's a really great uh, way to set up the narrative for the, for the podcast. I can also assume that um, the context around um, you know, why things are the way that they are and, and coming at it from the different points of view that from the uh, different points of view of the people that you interviewed also helps kind of like re- reinforce the message and the information. Right. Yeah, it's exactly right. And, and I just learned so much in the process through the preparation for each one of the interviews that I, by default, kind of became like an expert on that different topic, at least for the, the month that I was recording it. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. Is there anything as you were going through that, uh, that podcast um, trajectory, is there anything that you wish you knew before or even during uh, doing the podcast that, that, you, that you know now? That's a great question. Um, I, I think, well, I think there's two things. And I, don't, I don't wish I know them, but I'm glad that I, that I talked to enough people before starting my podcast and had actually helped out on a few other podcasts before I did my own. Um, I was a, a coordinator for the Full Ratchet podcast by Nick Moran, uh, angel investor based out of Chicago who interviews investors. And I got a lot of best practices from him. And one of the things that he does very well and that I helped him do and that, that really helped in my interview preparation 
was for each interview, really doing your homework and knowing, knowing about the person and knowing what they've done, knowing about the company and knowing about what you want to ask in the interview and coming up with a question set of 15, 20 questions about and structuring those in a flow of kind of like how you want the, the interview to go. And for each one, it would be conversational in nature, but you had that question as sort of a set of questions as a foundation of what you could ask during the interview. And so I would send that to the guest beforehand. So if I asked like a more difficult question, they would have already seen that question and have like a semi-formulated answer in their mind. So it wasn't scripted at all. It wasn't like question, answer, question, answer. It was a conversation, but they had a feel for what I was going to ask. And it just made for a much smoother conversation to get much more detailed and granular answers than you would traditionally get if you just ask somebody, you know, kind of a, a random question just off the street. It allowed them and me both to do the preparation in advance. Yeah, that's something that, you know, we strive to do with ours, but I think we were learning, you know, like a lot of people, we're kind of learning the podcast uh, trajectory and the flow um, as we go through it. And there's a lot of things that we, you know, dink and dunk and, uh, improve on and fix and tweak as we as we do each subsequent interview. Yeah, yeah, and I think it depends on the topic, right? If you're asking someone about themselves, I mean, people people love talking about that, right? Like this is a blast. I'm having such a good time right now. Uh, but if you're asking me about a specific topic, um, you know, I might want to think through answers a little bit more. And then with any good conversation, right, just leaving that flexibility to explore something interesting if it comes up. Because if you're interested and the guest is interested, then the listener is going to get, it's just much more interesting conversation for them as well than feeling like something scripted or something they could read on the blog post. Yeah, definitely. You know, speaking of blog posts, what, what about podcast uh, draws you in? Like, you know, um, you did the podcast with, with Healthbox for two years and now you're kind of thinking about one, if not more podcasts. What is it that keeps kind of bringing you back and, and scratching an itch that you've got? I love the long form medium. I think that you can't capture voice inflection, tonality, uh, like pauses, the way people think about an answer before they give it, the emotion that comes out in someone's voice when they're talking about something. None of that can be really captured in the written word. I mean, there's fantastic authors that can do that. But, you know, a 500 word or a thousand word blog post is not going to convey that same type of like, intimacy that you can get from the audio medium. And for me, I, I like, you know, some of the interviews that you listen to don't get good to like the 30 minute point when like the guests in the interview are finally like getting warmed up and like have that, that, that relationship with one another where they become a little bit more vulnerable and the conversation gets more interesting. Um, and then just, you know, from a personal standpoint, I'm not sitting down at the computer or the couch that, that often to, to read something. And so to be able to have something that I can just put my earbuds in and go on a walk or cook dinner or ride my bike somewhere, um, you know, and, and learn something or be entertained while I'm doing that, you know, it's, it's killing two birds with two stones. <laughs> killing two birds with one yeah. stone. It almost seems like um, you should just ship out some, some bourbon or something to your interviewees just so everybody loosens up. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I thought about it. Yeah, it's like, here's a microphone, here's a, a flask of bourbon, let's get into it. Yes, take this sip at 10 minutes before I call you and then... Exactly. Yeah, I think they call that uh, like Hemingway buzzed. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, he wrote a lot of good content, so I guess it works. So uh, when you talk about kind of like your dream uh, scenario and, and what's next for you, is podcasting uh, something that you would love to do and transition into more full-time or does it always remain kind of a, a fun kind of side project for you? 
I think it always remains kind of a, a fun side project, but I, I think, you know, in the ideal scenario, I'm doing it as part of the career that I'm also doing at the same time. And that those two corroborate with one another to create something, something better. Um, it was, you know, why I love doing it at Healthbox because it was what I did on a day-to-day basis. And then I got to spend time talking to people that I thought were really cool and really innovative in the space that I worked and get to pick their brains for, you know, 60 minutes about stuff that I found interesting. So ideally it's a blend of those two. I don't think podcasts for me will ever be, you know, a replacement for my career. I'm somebody that likes to to build things and be really hands-on and solve problems and interface with people. Um, but I think podcasting is just another way to to fulfill that and kind of accentuate those things at the same time. Yeah, I, I can see that being um, kind of a nice compliment, um, especially given like a relationship-driven uh, role and you know uh, job as you've got down there at uh, at Anthem as, as as kind of like an innovation director. So it's talking to a lot of different people. Yeah. And it, it's important that it, just, it never feels like a chore. Like it's always mm-hmm. something enjoyable. It's always something that I look forward to doing. Um, so, it's, you know, it, it just adds another element to the to job to make it more fun. And so do, did you get any feedback from uh, either the healthcare community or the Chicago community that you were um, kind of operating within about the podcast? I, I know that, that, well, I didn't get the, the feedback initially, but I got feedback later that were kind of like, hey, your more recent podcasts sound much better than your original ones. <laughs> and I was like, well, thanks. That would have been nice to know when I started. But I think it was, it was me becoming more, uh, more comfortable being an interviewer and then being willing to, to ask more people to be on the program. Um, but there was, you know, there's, there's never a more exciting thing when like you go to an event and this didn't happen a lot because, you know, we had a, and, and purposely so, we had a pr- pretty specific niche podcast, like healthcare innovation and kind of the healthcare digital health technology space, like doesn't have like a massive listener base, mm-hmm. but the people that are listening are a pretty engaged group. You know, you have like CIOs and CTOs of, of hospital systems, you have founders, you have entrepreneurs, you have like investors who invest in the space. And so I would say that for the quality of listener that we had, it was really good. Even if it wasn't like a massive following, you know, my voice isn't going to get recognized like walking down the streets of, you know, like Omaha, Nebraska or something. Um, but like to be at a couple of local events in Chicago and just have somebody be like, hey, you know, are you, a, are you the guy or the guys that do, you know, Innovation Rising? And it'd be like, yeah, you know, we, we do. And they're like, oh, cool, man. I like that show. And they're like, there's, there's no better feeling than that. Yeah, the recognition is uh, a little intoxicating. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always interested in like, what was your favorite part? Like, who's your favorite guest? Like, what about it did you like? Like, why are you interested in healthcare innovation? Like, how can I be helpful? You know, those are always such fun conversations. Yeah, it's odd. I think the the niche nature of that that you refer to is um, a little bit of the downside, right? In terms of mm-hmm. the, the scale, but it's also a lot of the upside from podcasting because the amount of information you can confer because it is so deep and so narrow is just amazing in terms of the stuff that's both out there for free as well as the amount of things that are out there. Yeah. And I mean, let's be real. Like I probably have more listeners by being a niche podcast than I would if I tried to create something more general because mm-hmm. like, I'm not like, if you think about like your general shows, right? I'm not going to compete with like Joe Rogan or like Mark Marin on like the amount of listeners they have and they have like, you know, pretty general topics, but by choosing something very niche and being like one of the few players in that space, 
you, you can, it's like startups, right? You can capture a lot more of that market if you find the right product market fit. Yeah, totally. And I think one of the things that uh, Jen and I originally started this company around was the idea that we don't want to see a podcasting industry that is purely uh, hits driven. Mm-hmm. You know, very much like how the text uh, web industry is 100% traffic driven. You're either in the top 1% or you're nothing. You never found, yeah. Right. And that, you know, there's nothing wrong with having the Joe Rogans and, you know, some of the other top podcasts like Freakonomics. But, you know, I think the ability to niche down and to find your true, uh, your group or your tribe, um, I think there's, there should be room for people to make a living off of doing just that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you, you see some companies that are being pretty innovative in that space. Like it's fun to follow the the journey that kind of like the Gimlet media guys are doing where they're actually producing like sponsored content. Um, you know, like eBay had a podcast last year and it was mm-hmm. sponsored by eBay and produced by eBay, but it wasn't necessarily anything about eBay. You just like listen to it because it was interesting stories about people that had like started small businesses and launched their platforms doing that and like their journeys behind it. Um, but it had the production quality and the listenability of a really well-produced show. Um, and so that was like a, a different approach to it. So it, podcasting is it, it's such an interesting time as people try to figure out like what the future of it is, like how to monetize it, how to make it be successful. And like, I mean, I love what you're doing. I think it's such a, such a cool platform and such a cool idea. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, um, you know, going back to the, to the podcasting itself, I think it's deceptively, uh, tricky and the bar is deceptively high in terms of creating good audio content. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it sounds great. It's like, well, you just, you know, load up your iPhone and talk into the microphone. But then, <laughs> you know, as you alluded to earlier, the editing, the show notes, the transcription, the compression, the, you know, the audio tweaking is just, it, it, it adds up. It's, it's pretty complex. Well, and the other thing is that it's not, it, it's, it's, there's two sides of it, right? You have to be able to produce the content. And then not only do people have to be able to find it, but they have to be able to figure out how to listen to it. Like it still takes me like a while to like show my mom how to listen to my podcast. I have to like go on her phone and like download it on there. Like this is how you subscribe. And then these are like other podcasts that you might enjoy. And she's like, no, I just want to listen to yours. And I'm like, no, no, there's, there's a ton out there. You should go explore them. But you have to like understand like what a podcast is and, and the ability to, to get people on board of that with something new. I mean, it's the, the classic struggle with any new company or, or new kind of innovation, um, but it's really not that hard. And I think the, the number of people that actually listen to podcasts, if you look at the data, I think it's like 29% of Americans that like ever listen to a podcast or some mm-hmm. number like that. Um, you know, there's a, a massive white space. And if you think about all the times a podcast could fill when you're driving, when you're walking, when you're cooking dinner, um, there's a lot of white space. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the issues that the industry has is they keep trying to get people into podcasts versus trying to get people into digital audio. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little bit like uh, go back to the late 90s and try to get people into the HTML industry. <laughs> it's like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not interesting for a lot of people. Web pages, right. that's interesting, right. right? Internet, I like that thing, but... Yeah, yeah. It's like, come, you know, we've got TCP IP and it'll be great. What, uh, you know, kind of jumping topics here, what, if any, relationship do you have with that larger podcast community that we were talking to, talking about earlier? 
Um, I have a couple of couple friends who are podcasters, a lot of friends that do their own podcasts in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm part of a couple of meetup groups that do podcasts here uh, in Atlanta. I haven't done any of them yet, but I visited a couple of them in Chicago. Um, and then it, it, a lot of major conferences, like South by Southwest definitely had it. Um, a couple of different tracks to like bring podcasters together for different meetups and things like that. Um, I would I would certainly enjoy a larger community around that. I'm sure there's communities on like Reddit or other places like that where I could tap into that if I wanted to. Um, but kind of like this, I think it's more fun to meet another podcaster like face to face. I have not been to any of the large podcasting um, conferences um, like Podcast Movement or any of those ones mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but I would certainly love to. And I've definitely met a couple people that, you know, are, I guess are podcast famous <laughs> and you know, you're kind of like, you know, it's, it's meeting that person in, in person for the real time and being like, Oh, you sound different at normal speed than, uh, than you do at two X speed. But those are always mm-hmm. kind of little like fan moments when you get to meet somebody that's like, you kind of have like a, a one way intimate relationship with them. You're like, I know, all about your life and the things you do because I listen to you for two to three hours every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm meeting you in person. It's, it's kind of a surreal experience. Uh, but that was a little bit off topic to your question. Um, I, I don't have a huge connection with the podcast community, but I would, cer- I would certainly like to be more involved in it. Yeah, no, that, that was perfect. We, Jen and I actually just went to podcast movements uh, in, at the end of July in Philly and it was phenomenal meeting everybody. Um, some people you know, some people you don't know, and just the variety of who we met and who we saw, uh, both in vendors, attendees, as well as speakers. Yeah. And, and you're right. Like I listen to my podcast at 2 speed 2 you know, 2x speed 2 and you try and convince somebody that uh, the voice that they're using is not their real voice because all you know, <laughs> you know their 2x voice. Uh, and they kind of look at you like, no, this is, this is my voice. Yeah. It's like whenever I listen to my own podcast, I always listen to it at double speed because I just think I sound so much more intelligent. Like there's no pauses. Everything seems like it's fluid and planned. Whereas like in the moment, you know, it, it's, it's, it doesn't sound quite as, as put together. Yeah, it's excruciating to, I, I, I make myself listen to mine at, at full speed 1x and uh, it's like such a different experience. It is, yeah. Absolutely. And so uh, wrapping up here a little bit, um, where can people find out more uh, about you um, to keep on tabs of, of any new podcast that you're coming out with uh, or any new uh, kind of content that you're coming out with in the future? Definitely. Uh, best place to find me is probably on Twitter, uh, just at Chuck Furick. Um, my name is pretty much my handle across all platforms, uh, including my website, uh, Um Also subscribe to the HealthBox podcast, Innovation Rising, presented by HealthBox. And check out uh, a lot of our previous episodes. We've got you know, some really eclectic uh, people on there from all the way from healthcare innovation, uh, company founders, investors, prominent angel investors, um, healthcare strategy professors from Kellogg School of Management, which was you know, the last episode I did and one of my favorites. So it's, it's definitely fun content to check out if you're interested in that. Um, and then, yeah, just, just my website or you know, email or LinkedIn. Uh, everything is just Chuck Fierick. So I'd be happy to connect with anyone and uh, do anything I can to help the podcast community. Awesome. And we'll make sure all of those links, uh, as well as any new podcast that you launch in the meantime between recording this and publishing it, uh, is linked up in the show notes so that people can find it. 
thanks for coming on today. It was really great talking to you. I really appreciate you coming on from the beginning. Thanks, Griffin. It's been a blast and I appreciate it. And best of luck with everything. Let me know how I can be helpful in any way. This has been another episode of From the Beginning, editing and theme music provided by Roy Matz. Thanks for listening.